Today, our guest is going to help you create a profitable product and business idea. This is the Seven Figures Podcast, smart money strategies for women with Sandy Waters. Seven Figures is brought to you by Advantage. Need money? Apply for the Advantage low-rate home equity line or loan today. Gail Yeago, founder and CEO of the Young Entrepreneurs Academy. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. Young Entrepreneurs Academy. Yes. Started in Rochester. Yes, I did. And now how many cities? We are in 168 communities in the United States. Wow. We have 11 locations in India and we have three locations in Shanghai and we're continuing to grow in America as well as internationally. That is incredible. But we started right here in Rochester. You know, I was working at the University of Rochester and my job at the university was to get middle and high school kids onto the campus and demonstrate for them what was possible academically. So get them excited about learning and what they could accomplish academically. And so my bosses came to me and said, we as a university want to apply for a grant from the Kauffman Foundation. So the Kauffman Foundation is all about entrepreneurship education. Mm -hmm. And they said, do you have any ideas for your area of responsibility, meaning middle and high school students? So I said, yes. Let's create an academy to teach little kids how to come up with a big idea, make a pitch, get funding, and really launch real, legally formed, real businesses as kids. And so they said, what do you mean? What, what is that? And, and so I tried to explain it again. And I said, just like grownups would meet with accountants, attorneys, um, tax preparers, just like grownups would put together a business plan based on what they were great at doing, what they loved to do, where that intersected with a business opportunity. Yeah. Just like a grown-up would get funding and open a bank account and get an EIN number and file for a DBA, whether they were starting a cookie baking company, whether they were starting a fashion line, you know, there's different steps to take, mm -hmm. but essentially it's the same steps to follow. I said, so why wouldn't we teach students this and help them to see the power of their personal potential help them to be self-confident, self-assured, and really help them see this magic formula, how to transform an idea into an enterprise to create value and let them define value for themselves. If they want to be rich and famous or if they want to change the world or all of the above. Sure. And so they said, my bosses said, okay, write that up. That sounds like a good idea. And so I wrote that up. The Kauffman Foundation awarded the University of Rochester $3.5 million. Wow with a two-to-one match requirement. So the university was going to match those dollars two, two and a half times. Um, and so they provided me the funding to launch the first Young Entrepreneurs Academy. And this was back in the 04, 05 mm -hmm. academic year. That's and awesome that there wasn't really that much resistance. No, they thought it was a good idea. And That's they thought um, intellectually, you know, helping to empower young people and to take them through this process. Yeah. They were, we don't look at entrepreneurship education as vocational training. So it's not just learning that one skill. Mm -hmm. It's really about learning this process. So if in eighth grade you have a fabulous chocolate chip cookie recipe and you want to be the next Mrs. Fields, that's perfect. But once you learn the skills, if all of a sudden you're a 25 year old woman and you know, you're, you're inventing a fabulous lip gloss now, all of a sudden, you can pull from that process of when you had a cookie business yeah. or a lemonade stand, you know, in, in eighth grade. It's the same process. And that's what we're trying to demystify for people. And we have more parents and grownups saying to us after their kid or grandkid or niece or nephew 
goes through our program, people say, I wish this was around when I was a kid. That's what I was thinking. Because, you know, it it is very straightforward. And I think because young people don't have that that aversion to risk, they don't have what isn't possible, you know, in their yeah. mind. They yeah. have much more of that optimistic, everything is possible mindset. And that helps in this whole process. Now, before, yay, before you created this, did you always sense, did you always feel like, you know, they say a lot of entrepreneurs just have that entrepreneurial spirit, quote unquote, when they were young. They always think differently. They approach things differently. Did you feel that way too? Yes. Um, I remember being about seven years old and our next door neighbors had a garden and I went into the garden and with a basket and pulled all the tomatoes off of the vines and went up and down my street selling the tomatoes. And everybody on my street bought these tomatoes. So I came home with fistfuls of money. And my mother said, where did you get that money? So I said, you're not going to believe this. I sold all the tomatoes. And she said, those weren't Those yours to your sell. Tomatoes. You can't just take <laughs> tomatoes out of the garden from our next door neighbor. I said, they don't mind. There's so many tomatoes. And so Wait a my mother. At that point, your yeah. mother was either thinking, A, my kid's going to be a genius entrepreneur or she's going to be a thief. <laughs> I'm going to visit her at her right, like business right. or jail. Oh, my goodness. And so, so she made me go back door to door asking for the tomatoes back, giving the money back. Wow. And I, I think, you know, back then it was a small town. I think lots of people gave me the tomatoes back and said, keep the money. We like your resourcefulness. <laughs> we like your motivation. We like that you're this little kid, you yeah, know, yeah. running up and down the street selling tomatoes. And uh, and our neighbors were not angry with me, uh, but it was a very good lesson to learn. So to your question, I think that some people are born more resourceful and more determined Mm -hmm. and have a positive mindset. And I am lucky that that was my perspective growing up and still is. I'm resourceful, I'm determined, I'm motivated, and I have a positive outlook. But I also think that if someone maybe isn't as resourceful or Mm -hmm. maybe isn't motivated um, to, you know, to like a high degree, But if somebody has an idea, something that they love to do or or an invention idea, I think that there are there is a path that any any person can take a kid, an adult, anybody can take to move forward to create a a business based on a product or a service or something like that. I think of the story. I don't know if you watched the, the movie to joy. Yes, exactly. And if you're not familiar with it, that was the movie with Jennifer Lawrence. She was playing Joy Mangano, um, who created the self-ringing mop. And she has since gone on to creating so many more products. You could tell ever since she was a little girl, she would always be crafting, creating things that her mom's like, what are you doing? Put that away. You got to focus on, you know, what you need to focus. But that was her entrepreneurial spirit that was shining through. Exactly. Do you think that we should inspire our daughters a little bit differently than our sons when it comes to this? That's a great question. So I think that girls and boys learn differently. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's a that's a societal pressure and um, sort of a. Um, it, it's an environmental issue, not um, something that is organic to children. Boys and girls, when they are itty bitty, 
and don't have a societal experience or an environmental experience that tells them that they are different learn very similarly. Yeah. So, uh, but with entrepreneurship training um, in in particular, I think that when we approach our students, we do approach them the same with the same process, the same formula. But it's very interesting in our environment, we are encouraging everybody to, during the big idea phase, as an example, we are doing these power rounds and everybody is encouraged to be blurting out their ideas. And we intentionally blend boys and girls, middle schoolers and high schoolers Mm -hmm. in one class. So these are students, some are in public school, some are in private school, some students are homeschooled, they come from 50 miles away or five minutes around the, the corner. And what's really interesting is when you have maybe a 12 or 13 year old with their hands straight up in the air the whole time blurting out things like raincoats for frogs, chocolate covered blueberries, like all of these things that may seem, you know, a little extravagant. Uh All of a sudden you will, I'll notice in classrooms around the country that the girls will then start to raise their hand and they will say they're well thought out really, really well thought out idea. And they tend, the girls tend to enjoy an environment where somebody else is free and saying things and they don't have that resistance or hesitation. And we see that girls are more self-conscious than boys. And so when there are little kids in the class, middle schoolers, Everybody loses that feeling of self-consciousness because middle schoolers tend not to be self-conscious. They are yelling out raincoats for frogs, thinking that that's a great idea and we would take that down that path. So so I think we we approach it to create a safe, exciting environment yeah. where everyone can blurt out ideas and then we take them all down the path. So I think it's more about eliminating that self-conscious feeling. Okay. And that's what I think you're referring to do girls and boys learn differently? Yeah. I think I think girls have a sense of self-consciousness um, that is just different. I mean, I don't know about you, but my husband in the summer feels completely fine, you know, getting on that diving board in all of his glory and jumping, jumping, jumping and going in when we have like a crowd of people at the house. And I, you know, I'm thinking, mm, Everything's going to jiggle if I do that. <laughs> Everyone's going to be, you know. Just, but, but my point is, I yeah. think that that is consistent sure. where I, I think that in a society, men are less self-conscious than women. And I think that's what is that thing that holds young girls back. So as a parent, what should we do? What is what is the one thing that we should do to help encourage our daughters. Uh, oh, well, I think we can all be um, uh, goofy and light. Uh, that's one way. But I also think talking about how it's okay to fail. It's 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 yeah, okay. Thing, huh? Right. And I think that when you think about if if you are easier on yourself as a as a mother in front of your children or your yeah. nieces, I think that that sends a powerful message. Because Which is a little different than what we were taught, right? right? This is uncomfortable for us because we were raised under the guise of, you're not going to fail. A lot of us were, you know what I mean? Or, or if you do, shh. Right. Or, or mothers, um, at least in, in our generation, mothers, you know, working hard behind the scenes to 
get everything ready for fill in the blank, whether it's the party or going to an event or whatever. And, you know, we were all given that talk on how to behave and how to be polite and how to interact with people. So I think there was that not not intended fear of doing something Mm -hmm. wrong, but we all knew we needed to be on our best behavior, set up straight, hands off the table, you know, that kind of thing. And so I think for girls, I think mothers, you know, can say, you know what, it's okay if this doesn't go exactly as planned or better yet, rather than saying it, modeling it. You know, have we ever left the house and forgot something and we've maybe beaten ourselves up verbally, you know, saying, oh, yeah, how stupid can I get? I forgot that, you know, that thing I have to run back in. Rather change the vocabulary, change the approach to say, oh, great. I remembered that I left my laptop inside and I want to bring that. Oh, awesome. I'm great. Hang on, kids. I got to run back inside. Yes, yes, yes. I did it. I did it. I did it. I can conquer the world. (laughs) So it's just, but but I think that that's, it's just changing, changing the approach. So turning something that could be construed as a mistake or a failure or lacking into a uh, hip hip hooray which is I have the this optimistic great way of looking That's at right. life which is what you need to be a creative entrepreneur it is helpful i you know the word need is such a strong need right okay. I, I wouldn't want anyone Helps. to feel okay. like if yeah. they didn't you know if they don't have that they can't be successful you you can invent that you can create that and it's sort of looking at you know what's the old saying is the cup half full or half empty oh, yeah, an optimist yeah. sees it as half full so i i think even if you see it as half empty you, you can think and before your action of saying i see that half empty you can think about okay what would that optimistic yeah. or positive approach be and what are the words that help to support that positive approach so rather than ug I forgot my such and such again. It's yippee, I remembered, you know, and that's sort of the the opposite. So that's what I would suggest. Parenting advice right there. Mm -hmm. That, you know, because sometimes we do get so stressed and we're hard on ourselves. Well, and if a child says, oh, I just remembered and it's 10 o'clock at night that I'm supposed to bring in cupcakes for our, you know, French party or whatever it happens to be. It, it's easy as a parent to say, oh, I can't believe you forgot again. I can't believe you you know, weren't organized and didn't give me advance notice. This puts stress on me, right? To be able to say, good for you for remembering now, earlier than tomorrow. And aren't we so fortunate to live in a community that Wegmans is open 24 hours a day in most instances yeah. and has fabulous cupcakes. I'll run right out now. You go to bed because you're the child. I'm the parent. I'll solve this. Good for you for letting me know. Okay. Now that we feel guilty that we did not handle it. That way, no. <laughs> okay. I think it's a work, a work in progress. <laughs> you know, yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> Never too late to start. That's the theme. Okay. So now let's talk to the person who has that entrepreneurial itch or, Hey, maybe you have this great idea brewing in your mind. You don't even realize it. Mm-hmm. I am so impressed with these students. You said middle schoolers and high schoolers, Yeah, right? these are kids between the ages of 11 and 18. I mean, this is like you're running a shark tank. They come yep. to you with a business. They actually stand up in front of judges and pitch their idea yep. and get real money as... Absolutely. But what's interesting is the students have to apply to get into the academy. And about 50% of the kids who apply 
have an idea. They have an invention idea or a business idea, but about half of the kids who apply have no idea. They know they want to start a business or they know they want to start a nonprofit. Maybe they want to be rich and famous, but they don't know what they want to do. And I think that's more common in adults mm, that they want to yeah. have a business, but they don't know exactly what kind of a business so what do you to tell start. Them? What can we be telling and asking ourselves? Um, what do you like to do and what do you what are you great at doing? Um, And I'll change that. What do you love to do and what are you great at doing? And I'm a person who thinks that's where every great business story started. If you, you know, look back over time, but if there's something that you love to do and you're great at doing and you can figure out what that business looks like. So, for example, let's say let's say you tell me, um, you know, you think you want to start a cookie business. Right. Very simple example. That my, is such a perfect example for me because I do not cook or bake. Okay. I, and neither do I. I know where the but, stove is because uh, I clean it often. Yeah. But my first question <laughs> okay. to you um, and to people who are listening yeah. is to think about, do I like baking cookies or do I like selling cookies? And you can kind of use this question path for any sort of an idea. Okay. okay. Um, and like, you know, yoga. Do I like doing yoga or do I like teaching yoga? Do I like selling yoga? So I think if you can start Mm. to dig into an idea, so we'll go back to the cookie example. So let's say you say to me, you know what, I'm, I'm very quiet. I like a peaceful environment. I have my great grandmother's recipe that it's such an emotional um, tie for our family. I could picture myself baking these cookies peacefully in my home and being very happy. If I could make a million dollars a year doing that, I'd be very happy. Okay. That's one answer. So I might, if I'm helping you as a coach, as an entrepreneur coach, I might say to you, okay, Sandy, then we need to think about how you're going to sell these cookies, who you want to sell these cookies to, how many you can make in your beautiful home kitchen, who you would have to add to add capacity. So we would go down that path of, you know, Sandy with her beautiful apron in her kitchen making these cookies. But if you said to me, Bake cookies? No, I want to sell cookies. I could sell ice to Eskimos and I love cookies. I can picture myself being happy selling, selling, selling. I could sell them to here, there, Mm -hmm. everywhere. I could sell them to groups. I could do this. I could do this. Like if that's your natural tendency. So I might say, okay, you know, you live in Rochester, New York. Maybe we could go to Leo's or Savoia or fill in any of the fabulous bakeries that we have here and see if they might be interested in, quote, private labeling for you, meaning you have your grandmother's, you know, great grandmother's recipe and you go to a real bakery and say, I would love to partner with you. I would love you to be my behind the scenes baker. I'm going to call it, you know, Sandy Sweets. And I have my stickers and my packaging. I have all my specifications. I want to be able to have orders come in over the Web and I have a I'll develop a system for placing these orders, but I'd like you to be my powerhouse behind the scenes. And they make Sandy's sweets in addition to what they're doing for their customers, but you have a contract, so they make it to your specifications. And now you're out there selling, selling, selling Sandy's sweets, and you're just putting in all these orders, and you've got your full-scale, real bakery that knows exactly how to do this behind the scenes. Well, that's a very different business than you in your kitchen 
quiet with music on, you know, baking your great grandmother's cookies. When you say cookies and the way you just explained it, it feels like that could be both examples. Very successful, very successful, but they're two different businesses. And I guess my point is if you are quiet and you really just want to bake cookies and you decide for whatever reason, because you have this imagination that you have to do both, you have to do the baking and the selling you're maybe shy, so you might never even get it out of the gate uh, because, because you're out yeah. there trying to sell and you're quiet and, it's and not you're your shy thing. and it's yeah. not your thing. And then you're going to feel like, oh, no one wants to buy these cookies. Forget it. I'm just going to quit. I'm I'm not even going to go forward with this business. I can't get any orders. Versus, I mean, we all remember the I Love Lucy when she's doing the chocolates on the yeah. conveyor belt, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Not yeah. a good fit for her, right? Sure, Just not a good sure. fit. But maybe she would have been great as the head of that company talking about the bonbons to everybody yeah. rather than trying to do that part of the business. So I guess from experience, I would say when you think of a business or an idea or yeah. an invention, there's lots of different parts and pieces to a business. Pick the part that you know you can do naturally and and do it well and then hire the other people and sometimes when you're starting a business you don't have any money so you might have to not so much take on a partner but take on a person who really can do an aspect of the business a job Mm -hmm. really really well and maybe you say you know what i'd like you to be up in this business with me the salary that i know you know you'd like to make is whatever a hundred thousand dollars a year i can't pay you a hundred thousand dollars a year right now but if you could do this job for less or for free for a little while, we'll hold that salary because if we can get to a point that it's you know successful mm-hmm. enough, then I can start paying your salary. And oh, by the way, I won't take a salary as the as the owner until I'm you really set yeah. you know to pay to pay you. And I think there's people that might be fortunate enough to be in a position where they can afford some risk. That they can help. It's sort of like if you had a great idea for an app and you knew it was going to work, you knew it, you knew it, you knew it. You're not an app developer, neither am I. But maybe there's an app developer out there that you could go to to say, I have this great idea for an app. Sign this NDA because I don't want you to steal my idea. But I would like you to be an equity partner. I'd like you to develop the app for free. I'll give you 30% of all the proceeds that I make in years one and years two, because I can't do this without you. And I'm going to need you to really develop this app fabulously so that this dream can be realized. I guarantee you there are people out there who love that kind of, I want to be in this too. Part of it. Potential. Well, okay. So going back to the cookie example that you gave, that seems like, and maybe this is what's holding some people back. It's not like a brand new idea. Do you feel like you can, no matter what the idea is, no matter how much competition is out there, you can be successful at it. If it's good. If it's good. I mean, you know, we had Uber and then we had Lyft. Yeah. And it's funny. Um, a lot of people just have Uber. So there's app room on there. for everybody, you're thinking. There's, if you're there's good enough, enough money for it, everybody to be successful with their... It depends. I mean, so I wouldn't not do something because there's a competitor in the marketplace I would look at what's my competitive advantage. Why why are my cookies going to be better than or yeah. than somebody else's? Or how can my cookies fit into the marketplace? What who's my audience? What's my niche? Right? If you think about a simple example like a toothbrush, there are lots of different toothbrush companies yeah. out there. And then all of a sudden we saw um, toothbrushes specifically for kids. And then we saw 
toothbrushes for kids with characters on them. Then we saw electric toothbrushes. Mm. Then we saw toothbrushes for dogs. Now, the toothbrush started just as a basic invention. And there's a lot of a lot of like spin-offs on that same basic idea. Sure. But if you just decided to produce a basic toothbrush and didn't really have a particular market that you were going after or didn't really have a campaign that was going to get people excited, I can't predict that that would be successful. In okay. fact, so if there's nothing be, great yeah. about it, it yeah. probably won't be. Paper plates, regular paper plates, then plastic paper plates, then Chinette, then Zoo Pals, you know, that divide sure. and, and all that. But if you just decided, I'm going to go in the paper plate business and I'm going to make white paper plates, I'm going to say good luck to you <laughs> because that doesn't seem like it's going to work. So it it has to have something that Different, people unique. right that people want to buy, and it's as easy as you know with the cookie example. Going back to it, make some cookies, give them to your friends, do a little informal survey. If people say this is literally the best cookie I've ever had, I'd like to buy some from you. Then you know <laughs> that yeah. you know there's some there there. Then a, a key element to all of this is to find that test group that you trust. I wouldn't even say people who you trust. I would say a wide variety of people because they are going to be your customers are not just going to be your friends oh, typically. True. I mean, you just go up to str- that might be better. You're right because friends would probably sugarcoat it. They feel bad. Yep, exactly. But okay. I think if you you know if you have a a number of people. Who are from different backgrounds and have different yeah, opinions, yeah. and and you can always you know have a focus group, uh, individuals who are invited to test out a product, um, and sometimes you have to pay them. Sometimes you can get them to do it for free, uh, but I mean, I, I absolutely would test your theory before you invest, you know, ten million dollars in a cookie factory and yeah. a recipe and all of this. If think about it, like look at stories like Chobani, you know, Chobani yogurt. They they pretty much invented the Greek yogurt category mm-hmm. and bought an old yogurt plant and started and um and then tested and perfected and tested yeah. and perfected and yeah. then really scaled that business. And now, you know, every other company, every other yogurt manufacturer in the world has copied them to do Greek yogurt, but they are still one of the leaders in the category that they created. And so I think that's another aspect of it. When you create something, there will be copycats out there. And so it's thinking through not only how are you going to start the business, but how are you going to manage the business, meaning how how could you grow it, which means scaling, and how can you combat competitors? Before we get to your smart money strategy, what you do in your personal budget that we can learn from, you brought in Forever Dry Socks. This is a student who created these socks. Yes, Aria Patel. uh, We met her when she was a student at Brighton High School, and she had an idea to invent waterproof socks when she was in the Young Entrepreneurs Academy. And so we helped her take all of the steps necessary to invent waterproof socks. so and, she had this idea, and then yep. through the training, she aligned herself with a company who would actually make the socks. And I mean, this Absolutely. is well packaged. Yep. This is yep. And she used a local um, advertising agency, graphic designer, wow. um, and all of what she did. I mean, yes, those are waterproof socks, and they are fabulous. I can personally attest to that. But the steps 
you know, are exactly the same, sort of no matter the business. She now is a freshman at the University of Pennsylvania, still running her company. Um, in fact, we have uh, Rachel Zeitz, who is one of our students who made it on to Shark Tank. She was a lacrosse player in middle school and in high school, but she invented a better rebounder. You know those pitchback nets where you can practice by yourself, you can throw the ball oh, against sure. the net and it bounces sure. back? That was not a new invention, but she wasn't happy with any of the pitchback nets that she was using. They were falling apart. They didn't have the right yeah. bounce, couldn't adjust them. So she invented a better pitchback net. Her company is called Gladiator Lacrosse because she loved that name, Gladiator. So Gladiator Lacrosse. So she ended up on Shark Tank, 15 years old, and gave a great presentation the popularity of that show allowed her to sign a $10 million deal with Dick's Sporting Goods. Incredible. Then she bought another company called All Ball Pro. She's on track to do more this year than she did last year. And she's a sophomore at Princeton University. So these are students who wow. are, That's you know, awesome. having having it all. And a local kid from Pittsburgh, Sue J. Tile, um, we met him in eighth grade. He started his candy bar wrapper company, Spirited Sweets. Um, fast forward to today, he's 26 years old. His current company is called Frontier Car Group. He's disrupting used car sales in third world countries. It's been valued at $700 million, and he just got an investment of $400 million in his company. Oh, my so, God. That must be so emotional for you it's to great. see your students. It's great. Wow. It's great. So I have the best job in the oh world. My God, that's <laughs> incredible. Okay. So keep an eye out for those companies that you just listed. This is awesome. Thank um, you. Smart money strategy. So I think my smart money strategy, I don't know if this is, um, you know, growing up, we didn't have a lot of money. And so um, uh, my mantra has always been no debt. And so I, I wait until I have the money to buy something. And in business, it's a little bit different because as you continue to grow, you know, most companies do take on debt or a line mm -hmm. of credit, you know, and, and to to continue to grow. But I feel as though a personal um, strategy for me has always been no debt. I wait until I have the money to be able to buy that. And that's tough sometimes because it, yeah. it's a lot more fun to go shopping when you want to rather than yes. patience. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But but like, that works for me. Man, it feels good, though, when yes. you can pay it in full. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Gail Yeagle, thank you so much. Thank you very much. Next week on the Seven Figures Podcast, CFP Erica Cummings joins the conversation with step number two to prevent yourself from under-earning how to thrive in the workplace. All right, you guys have a fantastic weekend. We will talk again next Friday. We raise a glass now and say cheers to being financially confident women. If you have a personal finance question or feedback about the show, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach out to Sandy at sandy at rochesterbuzz.com. New episode every Friday. Listen, subscribe, and tell a friend about the Seven Figures Podcast. Smart money strategies for women. Seven Figures is brought to you by Advantage. Need money? Apply for the Advantage Low Rate Home Equity Line or loan today 